And on that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to Ben Stein, who just learned um, somebody in his family is gay. Exactly the opposite of that. Right, because people that were tuning into YouTube probably caught the first 30 seconds. So I wanted to correct a little bit, but I want to welcome everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. You never know what part of the conversation you're exactly coming in for on this show. Um, I want to remind everybody to please keep downloading the podcast, even if you do listen to the show. That would be great. Um, and uh, we are touched and honored with all of that. And subscribe, please, to Ben's email, benstein.substack.com. We're joined tonight by the president of Conservative Talk Radio from 93.1. Bam! The future and president of Conservative Talk Radio, Rob Kendall. Rob, how are you, sir? I'm bad messenger. I have this fabulous new microphone purchased for me by Ben Stein, Inc., and I've never sounded better. So thank you to Ben and his vast fortune that made this microphone possible. Ben is totally broke, but he uh, is glad you're happy. Um, he's... He, uh, <laughs> I don't know it. And of course, the show wouldn't be complete without writer, actor, provocateur, Saint Sinner, seven time Emmy Award winner, statistician, mathematician, acclaimed writer, former sales, former shoe salesman, but of course, most importantly, Dr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We salute you. Jurist doctor. And as a jurist doctor, that means I can operate. You see these hands? They're not hands. They are anything I want them to be. They can reach into a patient's aorta and fix it if it's beating irregularly. They can reach into a man's brain and fix him if he's being a Democrat. They can do anything. They can reach up your ass and find out what you had for dinner the night before. And on that note, welcome to the world according to Ben Stein. Uh, we've just learned a lot about Ben's hands. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. Um, but, ah, uh, I got a bad case of loving you. And I want to wish everybody a happy 4th of July weekend on this Friday night special during the show. Ben's going to Idaho, so that's why we're doing it. Um, uh, and safe travels, Kyrie Eleison, sir. And you wanted to talk about something, so get into it. Well, what I wanted to talk about is this. Uh, someone from my childhood, a person I have not seen much of, for many years, but I've been in touch with, uh, just learned recently that a very close relative of his uh, is, uh, what should I say, a proud gay person. Say it loud, I'm gay and I'm proud. And this person is very disturbed about it and says that uh, it will be, uh, it will be very hard for this person to, to really fully actualize this person's life because this person cannot have children or probably, probably will not have children and uh, will be deprived of all that feeling and love and experience. And it occurs to me that when we talk about gay rights and gay power and so forth, and, and it's fine with me, it's, all, it's fine, gay people can have all the power they want. Uh, we don't occur, it doesn't seem to occur that uh, being gay, while it is a legitimate choice uh, under the Constitution, apparently, is not going to make people uh, necessarily very happy with their lives. Um, I, well, I, 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 I would imagine you're right. I would imagine, um, I don't know how to answer that, Rob Kendall, so I will shoot it to you, Rob. 
Well, wait a second, but there is an answer, sir. But go ahead. No, what's the answer? Well, uh, you, Judah, as a New Yorker, uh, because you're a very young New Yorker, but as a New Yorker, you may remember a very, very uh, famous uh, play. Uh, was it called The Birthday Party or something like that? About a, a, a group of gay men, I would say, in their 20s or early 30s, uh, having a birthday party. And uh, they are uh, talking about how difficult it is being gay and how they can pretend they're having a good time. They can have parties, they can dress up and they can get drunk and they can get high. But at the end of the day, as one of them says, you show me a happy homosexual and I'll show you a gay corpse. And I have no reason to believe that uh, the person who wrote this play, who was a, a well-known gay person, uh, got that wrong. And uh, when we talk about all the rights and, and so forth that uh, people have in this country now, we don't always take into account that the, with those rights and with that expression of one's personality go some pretty awesome responsibilities. I think that's very well said. I think whatever you are in our society, as long as you're okay with who you are and as long as you don't try to preach and proselytize to others, then God bless, Godspeed, enjoy your life, which, however which way you so choose, Rob Gandal. Yeah, I, don't, I think society's never been more free and never been better, which is interesting because you hear the exact opposite argument from so many people in America that were there this evil, awful, bigoted, homophobic, racist place. And I maintain now more than ever, people can be exactly who they want to be. And now more than ever, whoever, whatever person you want to be, as long as you don't harm others, is embraced. I agree. I totally agree with you, Rob. And I, in fact, I hardly ever can recall a time when I did not agree with you. But what I, I'm saying is with this freedom comes a certain price. And it is uh, can be a very heavy price. And I, I'll humbly give you the experience of my own old, fat, pathetic self. And that is that I, at a certain age, learned I could spend as much money as I wanted uh, relatively, and uh, my parents were no longer living, so they couldn't say, idiot, don't do that, which they used to say. <laughs> and uh, and so now I find myself uh, with a, a huge, huge amount of indebtedness. I also own a huge, really, to be fair, a huge amount of property for one person, but uh, it's, uh, it's uh, deeply uh, upsetting to have this level of freedom without having really embraced all the responsibility that goes with it. So you actually are raising a great point, you know, with freedom and choice. Um, it, it's not really easy. I sometimes, as I'm going through my crisis of dating, as some of the people oh, that I listen. Hear, I want to no, 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 no. As some of the people. No, but I wanted to bring up, as I go through this crisis, I am often jealous at times. And people like to mock religion that does the setups, you know, where you're, you get set up at, when you're 21. And I sometimes think that's the simpler, easier life. It's it's you're you're 21, you're 22, you're 19, you know, and and it's 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 they've taken away the in a sense, the choice or the freedom. But, Rob, some of these people seem really happy. I got to tell you. Wow. Well, well, it is interesting, right, that and we talk about this quite a bit on the air. The idea of connectivity in many ways has been an amazing thing in terms of bringing people together. But we also ponder the idea that 
the, perhaps there's so much radicalism because you see these completely crazy people on the internet, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram, posting these radical things. And I asked the question today, did these people always exist and we didn't know it? Or have they become more radicalized and more vocal and more out there because they have a forum to be seen and heard at any moment? And I think it's the latter. I, I, I wonder if that's true, but that brings me, everything is connected to everything else. I'm writing a book for a good-sized publisher about my relations with Richard Nixon. When I knew him and worked for him, and, and after he stopped being president, spent a bit of time with him uh, at his wonderful, fabulous home in San Clemente. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm pointing out that uh, you really can't understand what he was going through or anything like what his life was like uh, until you, you are him. And once once the whole world was focused on him and everything he did, said, every breath he took, every hiccup, every cough was news. You can't imagine what, what it is to have that level of scrutiny. Now, everybody has that level of scrutiny. And it's be, we are now learning that it's quite a sinister thing. We're now lear learning that it's a very sinister thing to have the government in particular watching every move you make. We're privileged on this show, very, very privileged, to be having my son, Tommy, whom we, my wife and I just love, 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 and everybody does, and he's an incredibly good-looking kid and a very smart kid, and uh, he, uh, he, he's helping a lot with the production of the show. And uh, when, he, when he was born, just, just about the same time he was being born, uh, John Rivers sued me for libel for a humor piece I wrote about her for a magazine called GQ. And uh, it, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible experience filing, finding that I was being followed all the time by paparazzi who were even literally going through my trash. And uh, I, I, I think at one point I would have thought, oh, what fun to be that a center of that much attention. But it turned out to be a terrible thing. And I think to think that you're level, now at this level of supervision or observation, only it's not by uh, the inquirer, it's by people who can put you in prison. That's the, that's the scary thing. So, Rob, you raised a great point, and I'll take it to the next level. So, yes. So, I want to say I started noticing a lot of this extremist talk and text during the Bush years, especially on Facebook. People really started to feel free to express their absolute hate. It, it was, the mask was taken oh, off. Oh, now you have really hit the jackpot. But, but give me a second on social media. The mask was taken off a lot of people. They felt whatever they wanted to say, they could absolutely say. Obama, same thing. But there they, instead of, it went from, we hate this, then it was, we, it was like, we love everybody. Obama's the greatest and we still hate you. Then all of a sudden Trump came in and he just destroyed Rob their psyche. So you take it on two different levels. Wait, One, I back up and say, what do you mean when you say he destroyed their psyche? He he absolutely made people go psychologically crazy. I mean, I don't think that's something. I mean, where people were more, um, where the where the stuff that people were sending out, Rob or Ben, wasn't um, was nasty. It went to levels to new levels of, and it didn't just stay on the regular basis of, of the normal people or the, or the celeb, it hit the politicians and we saw the media totally unmask themselves to be the monsters they actually are. 
And, you know, it, it, there was a progression via social media, Ben and Rob, that allowed this stuff to happen. So the freedom that allowed them showed us who they, who, who, how insane they are. Wait a minute. I want to back up a minute. I, with great respect for you, my dear friend, Judah, I'm not sure I have a better friend than you. Um, I, I would. I, mean, I, I don't think we can say everyone in the media is crazy and everyone in the media is malicious. I didn't say I everybody, not, Ben. I'm saying 98%. <laughs> I have not experienced those 98%. I, I mean, I, there's a guy who's uh, on CNN. Got a, what is his name? He has kind of a very Jewish name and a very Jewish-looking face. Are you I, referring to Jake Tapper, that son of a oh bitch? Oh, God, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. A really nice guy who interviews people and actually lets them talk. But uh, anyway, he, 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 when, when I, my experiences with him were uniformly positive, uniformly fair. Larry uh, King? No, no, he was great. He was really, really, really great. No, this is the guy who was in Skyfall. He's the one that uh, Bond sees over the television. Wolf Blitzer? Wolf Blitzer. He was uniformly fair balanced, cheerful, uh, everything you'd want. So I, I think of him as being a, a kind of fair-minded person. Was, was being a key word, but you're using one person from the whole, from the whole CNN. Is he I gone mean, now? I didn't even know that. I don't even know if he, I, no, I'm saying was in the sense that the odds are, Rob, at this point, Wolf Blitzer, he, he might uh, still have a sense of neutrality but it's probably long gone and it's part of a network that 90, I, Ben, I think it's fair to say 99.9%. And they have them on tape with the Veritas stuff, actually proving that the whole organization, Rob, is pretty much garbage. So, I, yeah, and so I wonder now, and you make a great point about Trump and how Trump just lit a new level of insanity in so many of these people who I don't even think they know what they're mad at. Like, if you were to say, okay, this Trump policy is what really has you enraged, I don't think most of them could tell you what that policy is, but you have a huge swath of people who are looking to be angry at anything and everything and in a weird way, I think it's maybe internal or personal unhappiness that they can unleash on the world and make people look at it. That is standard, and that has been true forever. And I think any psychiatrist or psychologist in the world would tell you that's true of people like Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin or Mao Zedong. Uh, but I don't think, if I may say so, that's true of, of, of every single person. And by the way, I want to, let's just, since we, we're a very free-form show, Mao Zedong, probably the biggest killer in the history of mankind. Nobody talks about that ever, 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 ever. When I was in law school at Yale. That's a great point. We used to carry around little red books. In fact, I think I have here in my office right here this little red book. Quotations of Mao Zedong. And I think we were given these free by I don't know who but somebody at Yale and we would go out and in the Yale Blushful Quad and wave these around. We were idiots, fucking idiots. And I'm afraid that this is happening again right now in America and in the whole world. It's a very scary thing. It's it's no, you're com you're completely Idiots. You're completely right. Listen, we, we Rob, we, we're well aware that there are groups that, or there are people like friends bringing up um, uh, 
Mao Zedong. And, um, but I was thinking today, as, as Jewish anti-Semitism is on the rise, there was a rabbi that was stabbed in Boston yesterday. When, when, when was, wait, wait, when was this? When was this? Yesterday, nine times. And, um, it, you know, there, there are swastikas on, on buildings. Every, Anti-Semitism is, is, is uh, there, there was a recent poll that 91% of police uh, violence against the police is up 91%. But these are these last year alone. So these are things. It's amazing how we live in a country where anti-Semitism is okay, in a world where it's becoming okay again, and nobody brings it up. We live in a world, Rob, where anti. Did you see the story where a, a judge ordered more police to be in Minnesota? What person in Minnesota is going to want to become a cop? I mean, you can't. I mean, with the amount of abuse that people are taking, and it's Ben's right. It's select groups that 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 it, it, it's it, that are okay and um it's it's a very it, it, it's terrible it's fucking terrible i mean it's, it's a terrible situation but i want to go back to this I'm gonna, i bring up all the time and i think rob who's really 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 become a kind of a deity in my wife's in my household and tommy stein's household which is part of our household and we're part of his household um uh, it, it's, there, there's so much craziness out there. It's like, it's, there's, well, let me back up. My mother, God rest her soul, used to say the problem about America was not junk food. This was when there was a lot of hue and cry about McDonald's. She said the problem wasn't junk food, it was junk thought. And what we have in America today is junk thought. And junk thought is emanating above all from the Biden White House I love that term. Spreading, oh. Thank you. My mother was a smart woman. It's spreading out all over the country. It's coming from the White House. Junk thought. And that this is what we see. Mao Zedong killed 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 million people. He's a hero. I have to say, uh, some measure of blame attaches to the man I worship beyond all other men in public life, Richard Milhouse Nixon. But uh, unfortunately, this guy was a killer. And uh, what what's going on here with this killer is worshiped by students all over America and who think he's a cool guy and that imitating him and putting his marks on things makes you a cool guy too. What kind of craziness is it? Except, let me back up. If you were to watch this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful movie called uh, the world at war, you would see American Nazi rallies during the 30s of Americans in big venues at places like Madison Square Garden shouting Heil Hitler in America. And uh, this craziness is everywhere. And many, 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 many Americans in those days shouting praise of Stalin. There's a lot of craziness around. We depend on a kind of core of sane people somewhere to absorb the shocks of this craziness and let America go forward in the vein of Thomas Jefferson or James Madison or George Washington. Brilliantly said. And Norma, in chat, you're completely right. Why wasn't it all of the news? Because um, it would take away from um, the fake stories. Uh, it would take away from the 32 that were shot dead uh, yesterday, or shot in Chicago yesterday. And when Larry Lightfoot 
was um, was uh, I'm not kidding either. When she, when people are, she blamed the criticism on sexism and racism. I could tell wait, you, wait, 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 I could tell wait, you wait, one thing, Lori Lightfoot. Wait, there's wait, no wait, sexism involved. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If she you know blamed I mean. the shooting on sexism? No, she blamed the, all the criticism on her in the last months of how she's dealing with the situations on sexism and racism. But on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to The World According to Ben Stein. And it's uh, fitting that we're talking about being able to be free. And, and this is what makes this country great and also scary at the same time, is that with freedom comes responsibility. And I believe that we've lost a lot of that responsibility um, to mankind and to each other. I want to thank everybody that's been in the chat and remind you, even if you're in the chat, please download the shows. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Google, everywhere you could download the shows. Please do it. It's very helpful for us. As as uh, Ben's son um, noted to me last night, we have been shadow banned here, and we so we can't be, we're not that yet shadow banned on Apple. So please download the podcast. It really helps us and give us those five star reviews. It, Screw with their algorithm. Um, but on that note, I want to welcome everybody to this July 4th special with Rob Kendall from 93.1. And I would like to... The conservative future of conservative talk radio. And of course, the show wouldn't be complete without Benjamin Jeremy Stein, uh, always helping me with uh, my intros and outros. Uh, ben, yes, go, go for it, sir. And I was going to say, I think we especially owe a debt of gratitude to our Robert Kendall, who who uh, take time away from his uh, his own personal life uh, to, to do this. And we are very much grateful to you, my dear sir. Very, very much grateful. And, uh, and I would like to say, say something else. If, if you, Judah Meyer Friedman, can figure out some way that when I do the show from Idaho, if I, if I do, that I can show pictures of the view uh, of the lake from where we live. We, we'd, be, we'd be glad if you got reception in Idaho. Uh, that uh, would be... That would be. We'll we'll figure something out in your apartment over there because we're free. We'll 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 figure out getting you a separate internet or cable. That way you could uh, show everybody. How, it is absolutely stunning over there. Um, but is it uh, a ranch? What is it? What is it, Ben? Do you have cattle? Do you have sheep? Two, two, no. <laughs> I have two condos next to each other in a uh, condo development uh, called the Seasons uh, in Sandpoint, right in the center of Sandpoint. And on one side of me is the lake, very, 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 very large lake called Lake Ponderay. And on the other side of me are, are the railroad tracks of the Burlington Northern Santa Fe, which is a subsidiary of a very, 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 very large company called Berkshire Hathaway, which was founded by a friend of ours, a friend of my wife's and mine, named Warren Buffett, who's a very, 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 very smart, aggressive guy. And uh, he's been kind enough to be helpful to me all my life. And uh, we, we are able to uh, see the lake, hear its noise. And wonderfully, in the middle of the night, I am lying in my bed. And I hear the train going by, the train, the train. And uh, the whole building shakes. And it just sounds wonderful. I can't quite describe to what it's like. And goddess wifey, the world's finest human being, the absolutely finest person in the world, the number one human being that there's ever been. Unfortunately, he's not feeling well enough to go up with me tomorrow, but uh, I will be there and I will try to uh, soak up as much as I can for her. 
Every once in a while, Rob, Ben will go out, he has a conductor hat, and he will sit on his balcony at about 4 a.m. and go, choo-choo. <laughs> and um, it's, 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 it's an image all of Sandpoint loves. But I want to get back to this because, it, it, Ben, really, you did raise a great, great topic about freedom and choice. And this junk thought that is, that was, with such, your mother, with such profound words, but Rob, we really are living in, we were talking about before the show when we're trying to figure out stuff that the left does. And we're trying to say to ourselves, it doesn't, it, 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 you, and I always say you can't talk rational to the crazy, Rob. So was it, I had a friend text me today and he's a big European soccer fan. I don't know anything about soccer, but I thought this was interesting. He said, when you watch these European soccer matches, you will see countries with amazing internal strife especially compared to what we have in America. And yet all of these countries, regardless of what they have going on internally, they all stand for their national anthem. And in many cases, they sing together. And it's amazing in these countries that in some cases have a fraction of the freedom and the liberty and the, you know, the ability to be whatever you want, like America, they can salute their flag and stand for it. And yet people who have all these opportunities and all this wealth that is created by these opportunities because of how great our country is, not only do they not stand for it, they talk down about this country. And it's, it, I thought that was really interesting that he pointed that out. Very, very interesting and very, and very, very true. And again, never has a country in which there was so much to be grateful for being so condemned and hated by its own citizens. I mean, and as a Jew, I, I'm sorry that I refer to it so often, but it is a, it's incredibly important part of my life. As a Jew, it just breaks my heart to see my fellow Jews, and I could name some who are quite famous, whom I've known a long time, uh, criticizing land, basting this country as if this country were a one big war criminal, when in fact this is the best place there's ever been in the world the absolutely number one best place there's ever been on the planet the kindest most welcoming most wonderful place there's ever been on the planet uh, my i am married married every cell in my body to the wifey of wifeys the saint of saints my wifey of wifeys alex whom judah knows very well a saint of saints and when I, she and I, uh, uh, the other night were lying in bed singing patriotic songs, including Dixie, because we think of Dixie as part of America, and it is. And uh, uh, I think to myself, this, this is America. God, what an incredible gift my ancestors were being beaten and prodded and thrown into wells and killed in all kinds of horrible ways in Eastern Europe. And even in some of them were from Central and, and Western Europe, being tortured and treated incredibly badly. And I get to live here in America, the best place there's ever been in the world. And others are complaining and whining and bitching about it. And it's paradise. It's and you know, paradise. And brilliantly said, Rob, and you know who's not? Go to any Dodger game where I would say about 30%, 40% of the fans are Mexican, Latino. Um, and I don't know what their status is, but I could tell you every single one of them stands up during the national anthem, holds their hand, uh, their, um, their hat to their heart and is, 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 is uh, you, it, it makes you feel proud, but at the same time, it also makes you feel so sad that it, it's Mexicans 
that are feeling this pride because they see the fruits of the, this country when we have people in this country, Rob, who wanted to just slam it. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And, and obviously one of the great tragedies of that is the insult to the people who throughout the history of this nation have been willing to give their lives or risk their lives for the freedom and the independence and the liberty that people have. And, you know, we come back to that that hammer thrower from the Olympics from a couple from last week. And you think about how disrespectful, you know, it is to all of those people who sacrifice so much, you know, through the their lives. Yeah. The 240 years of this country since the inception, people have always been willing to die for what's right. And it's really insulting to all of those people. Even if the country still has flaws, we've always fought to be a better, more perfect union. And I, I, I say this over and over again, and I'll keep saying it because people in America do not know our history. God, I wish Americans knew more history. This country had a terrible original sin, which was slavery. A terrible, terrible, terrible thing. An incredibly terrible thing. We went to war as a country, one side against the other. And part of the reason for that, not all of it, but the great majority of the reason for that was to free the slaves. Something on the order, I don't want to say I know the exact number because I don't. Five to six hundred thousand white men gave their lives to free the black man. It should have been done. It was done. A hell of a lot of people died. A hell of a lot of families were made miserable. And yet we treat this country as if it were a slave state still. And what do we get out of that? Nothing but humiliation and self-loathing. It's shameful that people don't know just yes, we should be sad, ashamed that we had slavery. Yes, that was a hell of a long time ago. And people died en masse to free the slaves. And let's give credit where it's due. No other country's ever done that. No one, no other country that had a large slave class went to war with itself to free the slaves. It's never happened before. It, again, well said. Rob, it, it is Independence Day, and Bren brings up a point of history, America not knowing history and what we're facing now, and we discussed this last night, is they're learning a new form of history. They're learning a history that didn't exactly happen. And uh, even exactly, They're learning a history that didn't happen. Exactly. And, and, and if you saw in Canada now, they're ripping down statues. They were ripping I, down... Of Queen Mary. Um uh, or some, I, 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 was a hell of a long time ago. Well, Ben, it doesn't. When you're ripping down stuff from the past, it doesn't matter how long ago it was. There is no more. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, expiration date on when you could go after people. Um, no, there's no expiration date on idiocy. It, there isn't, but Rob, I mean, we're, we're teaching a new history, Rob. So it, well. The well, that's the thing, and we've talked about it here before, that the whole premise of critical race theory is that the original sin is so great that it can never be redeemed, and that is what they're invested in. Then what country does not have shame, shame in its origins, beginnings, or middles? I mean, what are these people talking about? This is just a group of people who want to be cranks and want to divide and hate. We have an awful lot of people in this country who want to hate. There are just too damn many people in this country who want to hate. I, I, I don't understand it. 
Judah and I are proud to be members of a 12-step program that helps people learn to love. We help people learn to love. Love every love each other and to love ourselves. We wake up in the morning and we're smart, and I'm not that smart. Wake up in the morning forgiving everybody who's done wrong to us, and we forgive ourselves. I have made so many mistakes. I wake up in the morning feeling so humiliated at all the mistakes I've made. And if, if I cannot forgive myself, I might as well shoot myself in the head right then and there and go on and let my wife go on, get, get the house cleaned where the blood was and, and, and go on with her life in this beautiful house. But, but uh, that's like the, the beginning of every country. I mean, what country doesn't have terrible sins in its origins? No, Rob, he brings up a bigger point. So it's Independence Day. It's Independence Day weekend. And as kids, remember growing up, I mean, there was nothing more exciting than, you know, you knew what it was about, the fireworks, the barbecues, going to your family's house. And I, I, I don't think it's just, I think a lot's been lost. I think we've lost a lot of, of our culture. You know, I'm not a religious man. We, you know, I know you go to church every Sunday you brought up so you could, um, and you have the perfect time slot for it so you could watch the NFL after Rob. We've lost a lot of our values, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm 97 years old because I'm not, Rob, but it really seems that the importance of family is, is, um, is, is frightening. Well, they've stopped teaching American exceptionalism because there are now a group of people in charge who do not believe that America is the greatest idea ever conceived by man. They, they do not believe that all the sacrifice that has been made has made, you know, as all the people that we have freed, all the wealth that we have created, it doesn't matter. They believe America is an inherently evil country. And as a result, they're stripping out all of these things that make America special. It's why they put Independence Day behind Juneteenth. The goal is to confuse people. The goal is to merge them together. I never even heard of Juneteenth the last year, by the way. Uh, wait a wait, 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 wait. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you mean they put it after June? It just comes up that way on the calendar, right? No, no, no. I mean, it's they put the words Independence Day after Juneteenth because they're trying to confuse people, and they realize over time if they put it on the actual phrase right. of the holiday, yeah. it says Independence Independence Day because they're trying to confuse people. It's they're trying to mold it together. People think that the that the the real holiday is Juneteenth. Juneteenth and not the Declaration of Independence? There will come a time, Ben, where they will there will be a movement for that to recognize that as the National Independence Day. Because there's a huge group of people who believe the founders are were evil, awful, terrible people, and will love to see them vanquished from history as Ben brandishes a knife. <laughs> and by the way, I, let me say it was Queen Victoria's statue. Thank you for the people in the chat. Quite um, Queen Victoria, Queen Victoria. Yeah. By, by the way, this knife, the reason I have this knife is that a friend of mine, who was very, very paranoid and fearful, uh, got it for me as a gift. And uh, a long, long time ago, and uh, I just happened to find it. I was looking for something a few, a few days So you, you're not yet to cutting yourself, just so everybody knows. Um... Well, it's interesting that you say that, because one of my best friends is into cutting herself, and uh, it's very, dis very dismaying, to put it mildly. And uh, on that note, um, all happiness and smiles on this. All happiness and smiles, because I will tell you why. 
you can't see because I am, I we just have a little camera here and this little uh, laptop. I am sitting in a room. To my left is Glenn, my caregiver. Right, Glenn, say something. Hello. There's Glenn. Across the way is the main part of our house. There, on a bed, lies God's gift to man, my wife, Alexandra Denman Stein. The absolute gift from God to mankind. Hey, Ben, I was asked a question today from somebody who watches or, or listens to our podcast, and sometimes they watch them. And they said, Ben is always so nicely dressed compared to everyone yeah, else. That's right. Why is that? Huh? Do you go, do you just live in a suit and tie? Like, why do you dress so nice every day? Well, why shouldn't I? I mean, I'm, I'm a fat old man, and uh, I look better dressed a little better than. Uh, than that's not true. Every once in a while, he will wear a polo shirt. He does have some beautiful polo shirts. Um, he does swim, so he doesn't swim in a suit. And <laughs> every day, in that my would be great. Pool, I don't, uh, which I will not be able to afford quite soon, but I have it for now, and I enjoy it and and, and treasure it. And uh, soon I will be, uh, soon I will be. I don't know. Well, we have a lot of homeless shelters in LA. I guess I'll be in one of them. And Rob, I begged him. I'm I've just... said, I've said to him, I've said to him, um, please, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do a switcheroo for the day. I'll wear the suit. You wear the tee and the shorts and the uh, flip-flops. Uh, I will gladly switch with you, switcheroo day, but Ben has never accepted that. I think that would be a great... Um... Ben, have you ever worn blue jeans? He, he was a hippie. There has to be a photo. Is there a photo yes. of Ben? Yeah. I, last year, I've lost all at Yale. I was a hippie. I have some good friends with me and my wife, either absolutely most beautiful woman in the world uh as, as in front of our incredibly nice uh house or part of the house we rented in new haven uh, and uh she looks great no matter what she wears she's unbelievably unbelievably beautiful not just beautiful unbelievably beautiful just incredibly mind-blowingly off the charts beautiful and uh that's uh, who she is and uh, she she beautifies the whole world but yes, Ben used to be a hippie. I mean, you're talking about a dope smoking hippie um, who was going to, you know, but Dylan concerts. So, so Ben, like, was there like a, were you like a, a, a Dickens character where you had, were visited by three ghosts and went from hippie to professional man? Like, was there a day that that happened? What, what caused the metaf metamorphosis? Uh, I graduated from Yale. I was just valedictorian of my class, but not by grades, by the election of my classmates because I was so popular and well-liked. And uh, I uh, couldn't, I, I was having a hard time getting a job because my, my hair was like down to here. I had a mustache and I wore a, a tie-dye t-shirt and sandals and the purple bell bottoms. And uh, I had a hard time getting a job. And, and I thought to myself, I do not want to be sweeping the street not there's anything wrong honest work of any kind is fine and so i decided i would act like a mensch as we do say and i would wear a normal clothing and be a mensch and, and i did and uh, i felt like a mensch a mensch yeah. jewish word for man does that answer your question rob 
Yes, as always. And I just Ben's... sent them a link in the YouTube chat to to Ben to Ben a hippie picture of uh, <laughs> of, of, of of Ben Stein. So everybody, I think I'm hoping you could open it and see Ben Stein in the '60s with the gorgeous woman that he's still married to. It's one of the most exceptional pictures in the house. Um, but on that note, if you just tuned in, you are listening to the uh, Friday night special of the World According to Ben Stein, July 4th edition. And we wish everybody an amazing, happy 4th of July weekend. Uh, may you be free. May, be, may you be proud. And may you um, just realize I how... I for others and let others do for you. Yes. And I want to remind everybody, please... Download the episodes on podcast our podcast. It means a lot to us. And also get Ben Stein's email, benstein.substack.com. Uh, we're joined again, as always, tonight by Rob Kendall from 931. Bam, the future Damn, and president man. of Conservative Talk Radio. And of course, Ben Stein. And we're discussing freedom tonight. We're discussing independence. And Ben, with freedom often comes um, fear. And um I think because I and I, I if you don't believe in God or a higher power and you're free like we are in our society, it's a terrifying thing. And I believe a lot of people on the left, I believe a lot of uh, people don't believe in God, don't believe in a higher power. So you're walking around free and it's all random. And that's a terrifying thing for people to exist in, in absolute randomness. And I do believe that's a big issue that they have going on. It's, it's a big reason why they're angry. It's a big reason why they're cynical. No God and a lot of freedom, Ben. Real problem. I think it is not easy to live in a world in which we don't believe in God. And uh, I, I personally uh, could not live uh, in a world in which I had not turned my life and my will over to God. I've made so many mistakes. I've done so many things wrong. And if I did not uh, have a God to forgive me, uh, I could not live. Of course, you might say, well, if you didn't have a God to judge you, you wouldn't be low in the first place anyway. But uh, you, uh, you, I have to have a God to forgive me. And uh, that God happens to be this beautiful, beautiful red-haired woman who shares my life. And by the way, somebody, Rob, in the, or Ben, in the YouTube chat, chat said, God, she's hot. Um, uh, yes. My wife was the most beautiful woman at Yale ever in the history of Yale. And you know, my wife is 74 years old, and I, she is still unbelievably beautiful. Why did, she, why did she choose you, Ben, if she had other options? What's the deal? Uh, I was, when I was young, I was much better looking than I am now. And I was a very, very popular woman. Uh, Lead, charismatic leader of student movements against the war and in favor of uh, civil rights for African-American people. Uh, so uh, that's, uh, I don't know to say, that's what, that's what my life was like. I mean, I, mean, I, I did not have a great car. Uh, I did not have, I, I don't, I, well, she was, I don't know, she felt sorry for me. By the way, I'm not going to mention what somebody wrote in the chat. But that's why I'm cracking up. If anybody's curious, um, Ben, yes, and Rob, you, you, you um, but Rob, it really does seem like that, and um, it seems like it, it, I want to get back to this topic of with freedom. I mean, it, it almost seems like, and I, it, whether it be God, the universe, whatever it is, a higher power, something greater than you, and I do believe that that that's a massive. Uh, it's an identity. We've lost. They've lost that identity, and all they're left with. Rob, is anger and randomness. Well, Ben's 
I, I can't remember if it's his current or foreign, former neighbor, Bob Dylan, once wrote, you got to serve somebody. And it would be a pretty lonely existence to think that when it's all done, you just go in the ground or go in an incinerator and it's all over. And I think, look, America, I've said this many times, America's the big bang of government. It didn't all accidentally happen for all those great people to be together at the same place at the same time with the same events happening in the world. Somebody made that happen or something much higher than ourselves made that happen. Well, somebody much higher than ourselves made us able to breathe, made us able to see the sky, see the incredible, beautiful the beauty of the ocean. I'm incredibly, unbelievably blessed to have a house. I have a lot of houses. I won't have them much longer because I'm soon going to be living in a homeless shelter, but I have an incredible... You have nine homes, Ben. You have nine homes. I know, but I can't afford any of them. I'm going broke rapidly. Anyway, I am... Uh, I, I, That's I, what uh, people in the chat room are doing, but go on. What does that mean? What is that? Never mind. Just go ahead. Keep going. I, sometimes I look... I just sit in the bedroom of our house in Malibu and look out at the ocean. It is incredible. The beauty of the, of the universe that God has let us see. It's incredible. Tomorrow, God willing, and, and let's hope it happens, I'm going to be going out to, up to Idaho. I will look at the ocean. I'm sorry, Lake Ponderay, one of those beautiful lakes in the world. And I'll be out there. It'll be just a miracle. If all's well, we'll take my boat out there. We'll ride around in the boat. It will be a miracle, an actual miracle, an actual true miracle. So, Rob, you know, and, 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 and is that word even allowed in schools anymore? I mean, you, you know, we talk about where we're headed, and were words like miracle and God and all, and and all of those spirituality be allowed to be spoken about in our schools, or are they just gonna? Just take it out. Well, first, let me say, I've been looking at some four-bedroom homes. Uh, I've also looked at some five-bedroom homes. Those are a little big for me. But if Ben is in trouble, you can come and permanently stay with me. You bring wifey, Ben. We'll do the show from here. We have great internet in Indiana, <laughs> so you will never be alone. And the world, according to Ben Stein, will never go off the air. I'm putting that out there right now. And everybody in chat has invited you to live in their house too, Ben. So you will never be you will never be I homeless. Appreciate it very very much. I you you very will much. always have a place to set up camp. Um, uh, so I do I do my own cooking. My own yeah. cooking and I will I will go to the grocery store. I will buy the groceries. I will cook them. I will serve them. I will clean up for them. I I I I expect to earn my. Yes, uh, he, he, that's actually it would be a great. You're like the if they redid Mr. Belvedere, um, <laughs> starring uh, starring Ben Stein um, or my nanny. Um, that would be amazing. And Rob, I want to tell you something funny though, just because and this is a true story. Years ago, I came up with this idea for Ben, and it was just an incredibly brilliant idea. I want to say, um, and Ben thought so too. It was the called. Um, it might have been called Ben Stein's World of the World According to Ben, whatever we called it. And it was essentially, it was going to be Ben, you know, um, being a nanny for a day. Yeah, um, Ben, you know, working on a slip and slide. Ben being a bartender at a bar. Ben being the greeter at Walmart. And, um, and at the end of every episode, it was going to be Ben giving a synopsis of his opinion on America. And we pitched that show to about five networks, Ben. We went all over with that show. 
And, and we couldn't, it was during 2004, we could have been giving away gold. They, they, they weren't, they weren't buying. And you're talking about a guy that won seven Emmy awards for a show. And I will never forget. We walked into this pitch meeting. I believe it was with a and E or somebody. And as we're walking in um, to pitch this idea, Ben looks at the, um, the two females that we're about to pitch this show to. And all I hear him say is, Oh no. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, you know, I was new in town. I'm like, Oh, that can't be a good, that can't be a good sign at a pitch meeting when Ben Stein says, Oh no. And, um, and so, yeah, I just, um, I, I, well, Hey Judah, I'm dying to know, how does this go that you get to the point where you can pitch a project? Do you just call the network and go, no, no, I'd no, like no, to no, see no, the state of the pitch department. No, you have to have your agency do that. When I first came to town, uh, I had a very, very powerful agent because the, one of the greatest writers of our era, Joan Gideon, uh, was a friend by uh, another wonderful, wonderful friend who passed away recently named Earl McGrath, and a uh, wonderful man. And uh, we, uh, so she introduced me to uh, a, a guy who was starting his agency called, his name was Michael Ovitz, and, Michael, and, he, and his agency became wildly successful. And he, he was able to get me all kinds of meetings. I got lots and lots of script meetings. And uh, my career was just rocking and rolling like crazy. And then from those came acting jobs and producing jobs and so forth. And then, uh, and then I became just kind of exhausted from doing it all. And uh, also I was doing, started doing speeches, and that was extremely well paid. And uh, I found it much more intellectually interesting. And uh, so that's I, I sort of went on to doing that and, and sort of left Hollywood altogether to do my speeches. And now there are hardly any speeches. Not there's some, but not many, and, uh, and, and not much in the way of work in Hollywood. But uh, one never knows. I mean, I I still might have one more uh, round of pitches in me. So, 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 Judy, you weren't like just calling random. No, no, no. Going, it was hey. all set up for us. And you got to remember, this was 2004, 2005. Had Ben, it was hot off the heels of a lot of different things. It was, it was, it was for Ben to get into a meeting. The only problem was, was if you were a Republican at this. And I know people don't like that, but anybody that hears that idea that I've said that idea to thought it was such a brilliant idea. It didn't matter what side of the aisle they were on from the left to the right. Ben is such a great personality. Can you imagine if you walked into a Walmart in like Timbuktu, <laughs> Kansas, and Ben was the greeter? I mean, or teaching nursery ch school children. Who wouldn't want to watch that? And um, it, was, it, was, it was very eye-opening for me as somebody sort of new in town and um, to how this industry worked and, and, and to realize the pain that people feel, especially somebody like Ben who lost script titles um, because of his being a Nixon Republican. I mean, he, he literally had his name taken off of credits. And, and not once, but many times, many times that that producers would would not work with him because of uh, because of his political. Well, they would work with me, but they would not allow their names to appear on the credits with me. So every time, Rob, you hear people say like, you know, like the certain big ones who it didn't affect, like the Clint Eastwoods or it affected a lot of people. The 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 the, um, the blacklisting of conservatives in Hollywood. It's it. it, 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 it yes, it, it, it affected a lot of people and it opened my mind, it opened my eyes. But it's also 
you know, as Ben says, forgiveness, how miserable must those people be that they can't hear another thought and it be a good thought and get past um, the color, the, the color of somebody's, um, the color of somebody's party. Um, and, and, and I pray for those people and I feel terrible for those people because they're the ones that have, that can't sleep at night, Rob. Yeah, it is fascinating how people get so wed to ideologies that even in things where everybody can make money and a whole bunch of money, they say, nope, we're not doing that. I have always had a, uh, a philosophy of all the money spends the same, and I can disagree with you politically, but if you want to do business and help me and my quality of life, I don't care about your politics. I feel, feel exactly the same way, but... Uh... Unfortunately, there is a real blacklist here against conservatives. It's a real thing. It's extremely strong. It, uh, it really cannot be violated or broken. Uh, it's uh, way, way, way beyond what there was for communists and other uh, extreme left-wing people because they, they had a network uh, in Hollywood, and they would give each other jobs even under, under assumed names and so forth. There is no such uh, entity for Republicans or conservatives. And you're right. And, and, and it's, it's, but at the end of the day, Rob, the difference is we're content with what we believe. Because if you're content with what you believe, it doesn't matter what other people believe or but think. You still have to pay your bills. No, no, no. You're, uh, what, no, uh, you're, but I'm trying to go with your whole forgiveness thing, Ben. I forget. Uh, believe me, I forgive these people. I forgive these people. But I would like to, I would like for them to try to understand that they are ships. <laughs> and part of the problem, Ben, is it's permeating with uh, not just people in Hollywood anymore. People uh, all across America now are being blacklisted for their beliefs. And people uh, on this Independence Day, as they choose to be independent thinkers, and it, that's the most ironic of, and I hate using that word because it, this is the most sinister, to use your word, of anything, is everybody that claims to be open-minded is closed-minded. Everybody that claims to be, um, you know, intellectually is is the exact opposite. And I, for the life of me, sometimes Ben, how do they not see it? I mean, are they that dumb, that dense, that idiotic? What is it? Uh, they uh, people choose what they want to see, and as they, I think, the saying is, uh, none so blind as those who will not see, and uh, they uh, they don't want to they don't want to see. They are themselves the oppressors, and they don't mind being oppressors, by the way. Those people were out in Red Square uh, uh, holding up their fists for the Communist Party uh, for Joseph Stalin. They knew very well that whole villages and the towns and neighbors would disappear and never be seen again. They knew who they, what they were doing. And the only question was who could cheer the loudest for Stalin. Same with, with Mao Zedong. Same with the people of Horrible, horrible, horrible people who ran Cambodia. Uh, these people know what they're doing, and, and what they're doing is thoroughly, thoroughly evil, and it's, it's just breathtakingly evil, breathtakingly evil. And on that note, Ben, I want to, as we're running out of time, I want to ask you, what are some of your favorite memories of, of the 4th of July? Well, I met my wife on the 4th of July in 1966, so, of course, that is the ultimate. Uh, I was at a uh, State Department uh, black tie, I'm pretty sure it's black tie, but I may be wrong about that. A dinner dance on the uh, a seal, a roof garden terrace of the Department of State. I think it was at maybe 23rd and Virginia Avenue, Northwest. And uh, 
I was there uh, because I worked at the Department of State and the Arms Control and Disarmament Agency, uh, and I was there with my college girlfriend, Mary Margaret Just, who was an incredibly, unbelievably nice girl, a wonderful, wonderful girl, just an absolutely wonderful, absolutely wonderful girl. Her father was quite a famous scientist, and uh, she, uh, she I, I, I was wa walking around with her, and we saw this incredibly beautiful girl in a blue, light blue satin dress, and that was my wife. And I just knew immediately that something was going to go on because uh, as soon as we, he, she happened to be there on a date, the guy I knew very, very slightly through a fellow in college named David Baglin, and uh, I, I, we introduced ourselves, and I, and I, and, and I said to Alex, my wife, I said, and, and she told me she went to Vassar College, which is a very famous women's college in upstate New York. And I said, uh, are you, uh, uh, where? And I was locked into her brain function from then on, and from that then on, we have been, it has been a miracle. And, and I, I want to tell you, I have been doing some very bad things all my life in terms of being a married man, bad. And uh, she uh, is, uh, she's been the most forgiving, wonderful human being on the planet. So that's an incredible July 4th story. As somebody pointed out the other night, you uh, stole your wife from somebody else while you were on a date and she was on a date. An amazing the guy story. From didn't uh, he had no particularly strong. God, God jumped in. Um, God's rejection was your protection, or the other way around. And and Rob, what about you? What are your? I could see you being the most like just excited, running with a flag, sparklers in hand. Well, to me, Fourth of July was always the enthusiasm of youth, right? Because it was in the middle of a seemingly you know endless summer. And they always have had in our in our town here in Brownsburg a great big carnival that comes to town that was all it would start at the end of June or a couple of days past the fourth of July. They would light off fireworks at the park. And it's just everything that was great about America. And people that loving their country. There's always a great big fourth of July parade. Uh, it's tomorrow because 4th of July is on Sunday, but it's always been right around there. And it's just the, the celebration of individual greatness, the greatness of the country, and the greatness of us as a collective. And it was everything that was good about America. And I want, it, 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 so well said. Yes, Ben. Wifey and I say, uh, Alex's wifey, say prayers each night. And what we always, we say, God bless America. God bless Israel. God bless Great Britain. God bless the Philippine Islands. And God bless everyone in America who fights for the dignity and decency of the individual especially Colonel Dale Denman Jr. of Prescott, Arkansas. My wife's father awarded the Silver Star, the Bronze Star, uh, the Distinguished Service Medal. And this was a brave, brave man who risked his life over and over again fighting the Nazis and the Japanese, an incredibly brave man. And then we praise his brother, Lieutenant, I'm sorry, Major Bob Denman, who fought hand to hand the Chinese communists at Chosin Reservoir in Korea. It was pretty amazing, pretty damned amazing. He fought for every one of us 
outnumbered, overwhelmed, fighting hand to hand. And I want to share uh, my story, which I want to thank, because um, it, it really goes back to the day we drive to my uncle Herbie's house, who only had daughters, and he treated me like a son. The great, he was my great uncle. And he wanted to put on a show for me. But for, for us, it was the car ride because this is the days pre-Waze and pre-Google you know Google Maps and all that stuff where you had to write down the directions from the person that was giving it to you on the phone. And invariably, you always wrote down one thing wrong. And instead of ending up in Belmore, North Belmore, you ended up in South Belmore. So by the time you got to the house, everybody was so anxiety written from the car ride. And then you then you you you'd get inside. You'd have a burger, and then you'd have the. My uncle Herbie just had the most massive fireworks specials, and I just want to thank him for that. I think it's sometimes really important that we thank, thank the you, Herbie. Thank thank the people in our families that made it special for us, um, and and offer that to the next generation, even if it's not your own children. It's important that we teach these kids, and we teach the we teach children that you're supposed to have fun. That this is our day of independence. That we that that, that this this is the greatest country, as Ben has said over and over, Rob. And we love this country, and we are going to shoot firecrackers and 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 wave that flag as high and proud as we can on this Independence Day. And I really want to just thank everybody for that joined in on the chat tonight. Um, I want to wish you all a God blessed Fourth of July. May you have may you and your families be free, independent. You are independent. You are free, no matter what people tell you. Um, but of course, Rob Kendall, you could hear him every day, nine to noon, 93.1, WIBC, bam, the president of conservative and future talk radio. And of course, you could read Ben every, a lot of days on at spectator.org and Newsmax. And you could find him here, the world according to Ben Stein. He always has answers for your medical questions. Um, that's because he's Dr. Benjamin Jeremy Stein. We wish you safe travels to Idaho. We will see you all Tuesday night, God willing. Um, ben, take us out. We are a band of brothers and native to the soil. We give to her our lives, our blood, our freedom, and our toil. Hurrah, 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 and then hurrah. Hurrah for the Bonnie flag that bears a single star. Good night, everybody. Have a great, safe weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.